tomorrow, America will celebrate the Declaration of Independence, signed July 4th, 1776. No, this is not a history lesson. And in an effort now to declare their independence from an oppressive British government, the writers of this manifesto proposed that certain rights were guaranteed to every human being. I quote, We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men, didn't say human beings, did it? It said all men are created equal. That all men are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. That among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. End quote. Hmm. All men, huh? Hmm. That's interesting. Because it's, it's gender specific, whether you know it or not. It's not a generalization of humanity. <laughs> but this in, in, introductory statement is, is extremely profound, and I'll tell you why. Because it declares that all men are created equal is a self-evident truth. Self-evident means that by the very fact that God created all men to be equal, it is self-evident that all men are created equal. And this is biblical. Acts 17.26. Acts 17.26. God has made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on the face of the earth. Now that men in the scripture is generalized. It covers all humanity because it says one blood all nations of men for to dwell on the face of the earth. And that's something that we must clearly get in our minds. There is only one race. There is no such thing as race says. There is only one race. There are many ethnicities. Many ethnicities, but we are all of one race. Acts 10.34, Acts 10.34. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of person, but in every nation he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted by him. That's Acts 10.34. So according to the Bible now, it is a self-evident truth that all men are created equal. And I might add women too. And by this same self-evident tr truth, the writers say all men are endowed with certain unalienable rights. Endowed, meaning given and provided with. Endowed, given and provided with. Unalienable means impossible to take away or transfer to another. Unalienable, it means it is impossible to take away or transfer to another. Rights, things to which one is entitled. Rights, things to which one is entitled. Thus, the Declaration of Independence now posits that to be endowed with certain unalienable rights means that the Creator intended that every human being on the planet has a right to certain irrevocable, non-transferable entitlements. 
namely life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. In other words, according to the will of God, every human being is entitled to life. Every human being is entitled to life, to, to, to life, to be, to exist in this physical world. Every human being is entitled to liberty, to be free from captivity or slavery. They want to change the word from slavery. Listen, 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 listen. They want to change it from slavery to involuntary relocation. I'm not a slave. I've just been involuntarily relocating. Involuntarily relocated. There's none righteous. No, not one. Every human being is entitled to pursue happiness. To put forth an effort to achieve or obtain pleasure, contentment, or joy over a period of time. Personally, I question whether the pursuit of happiness is an entitlement. I'll talk about that in a, minute, in a little bit later. But it's interesting to note then that the writers of this manifesto made it clear that these unalienable, these irrevocable, non-transferable entitlements come from the creator. That's what they said. This makes perfect sense because until sin entered the world, these rights were in fact unalienable. Genesis 2.7. Genesis 2-7, God breathed the breath of life into the human he created from the dust of the earth, and that human became a living soul. And God entitled the first human with the life of being so that he could exist in the physical world created specifically for him. Then in Genesis 2-16, God endowed the first created human being with liberty. He gave him freedom. He was free from the threat of captivity and involuntary <laughs> relocation. <laughs> he was free to act. He was free to think or act without constraint. God endowed the first created human being with absolute freedom of choice. He was free to eat from every tree in the garden except one, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now, one might say, well, wasn't this a restriction that he couldn't eat from that tree? Was it a restriction of his liberty? No, because the first human was not human was not being forced to do anything against his desires. He was free to eat from that tree. He wasn't free from the consequences of it, but he was free from the uh, to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. However, he was not free, as I said, from the consequences of eating from the tree. That is one uh, um that is one principle that everyone should teach their children. And you should repeat it to their children over and over and over and over and over again. You are free to do whatever you want to do, but you are not free from the consequences of doing whatever you want to do. That is a hard core principle and you need to drive it into the minds of your children so they know what I'm about to do I'm free to do it but what, what can I handle the consequences for right. doing what I'm free to do right. and if you look back over your life you'll think about some of that stuff that you did that you had the freedom to do and you wish you had not had the freedom to do it right. now 
So God told him what the consequences would be. He said, in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou will surely die. So the first human being was free to make the choice to eat or not to eat. However, he was not free from the consequences of the choice to eat. Now, earlier I questioned whether the pursuit of happiness was an entitlement. Happiness was an entitlement. When God created the first human being, there was happiness. However, the pursuit of happiness was not. According to the Bible, listen, it wasn't necessary for the first human to pursue happiness because everything God created was good. Pleasure was not an issue because displeasure did not exist. Contentment was not an issue because discontentment did not exist. Joy was not an issue because sadness, there was no such thing. Therefore, it wasn't necessary to pursue happiness because there was no such thing as unhappiness. Therefore, God did not give every human being the entitlement of pursuit of happiness. Did you get the, did you get the logic there? However, we know the story, don't we? The first human being pushed his liberty to the limit. Have you ever pushed your liberty to the limit? Have you? Pushed it and you, you went past the line and you couldn't get back, could you? <laughs> he ate from the tree. He, and sin entered his world. And as a result, displeasure, discontentment, and sadness became human realities. He was now alienated from his unalienable rights. And this alienation now was passed on to us. To be alienated is to be separated or cut off. So when sin entered the human world, this is exactly what happened. Every human soul was now cut off from the right to life with death. Every human soul was cut off from the right to liberty with bondage. Every human soul was cut off from the right to happiness with discontentment. Therefore, sin alienated every human soul from their God-given rights. Sin alienated every human soul from their God-given rights. Now, in the Declaration of Independence, the writers declared their independence from tyranny. Tyranny is cruelty and injustice in the exercise of power or authority over others. Tyranny is cruelty and injustice in the exercise of power or authority over others. Tyranny is oppressive government by one or more people who exercise absolute power and cruelly, absolute power cruelly and unjustly. Tyranny is oppressive government by one or more people who exercise absolute power cruelly and unjustly. And the one who cruelly and unjustly exercises power and authority over others is called a tyrant. One who cruelly and unjustly exercises power and authority over others is called a tyrant. The king of Great Britain was a tyrant. The king of Great Britain was a tyrant. And so while the writers of the Declaration of Independence might have been powerful enough to declare their independence from the tyranny of Great Britain, 
they were not powerful enough to declare their independence from the tyranny of sin and the tyrannical adversary of their souls. I'll say that again. And so while the writers of the Declaration of Independence might have been powerful enough to declare their independence from the tyranny of Great Britain, they were not powerful enough to declare their independence from the tyranny of sin and the tyrannical adversary of their souls. Oh, but there is one. There was and still is one powerful enough to declare human independence from the tyranny of sin. There was and still is one powerful enough to declare human independence from death, bondage, and discontentment. There was and still is one powerful enough to unseat the authority of the tyrant who cruelly and unjustly exercises his power over the human body and the soul. The one powerful enough to do all these things and so much more is Christ Jesus, the Son of the living God. And he has a declaration of independence also. It's called the gospel of Jesus Christ. And in his manifesto, he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captive and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. That trumps all over that uh, uh, declaration. Jesus says, by the power of the Holy Ghost dwelling in my body, I'm powerful enough to restore the rights that sin took away. I came to preach the gospel, to declare the good news that death has been defeated. I came to preach deliverance to the captive, to declare freedom to those held captive by the bondage of sin. I came to heal the brokenhearted, to return joy to the hearts of the discontented. Every time I read that, I think about what this woman said, and it was so dis- it was so disheartening. Her husband was a fat pastor, and he died, and they interviewed her. And this is what she said. She said, sometimes God will break your heart to change your heart. Her husband was a pastor. She said, sometimes God will break your heart to change your heart. Jesus said, I came to heal the brokenhearted. So as far as she's concerned, he broke her heart so he could heal it again. There's so much stuff out there that people say, and they just don't know what they're saying because they really don't know the Bible. Jesus said, I came to preach deliverance to the captive, to declare freedom to those held captive by the bondage of sin. I came to heal the brokenhearted, to return joy to the hearts of of the discontented. I came to set at liberty them that are bruised, to release those oppressed by evil and wicked and the wicked God and tyrant of this world. We must clearly understand that the declarations of this world cannot give us life. Jesus came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. Yes, 
The spirit of life in Christ Jesus has freed us from the power of sin and death. The declarations of this world cannot give us liberty. The spirit of life in Christ Jesus is the spirit of the Lord. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is what? There is liberty. For whom the son sets free is free indeed. The declarations of this world cannot give us joy. Jesus says, these things I speak in the, in, the, in, in the world, that they might have my joy fulfilled in them. He says, I will give you my joy, and my joy shall be in you, and my joy shall be full, and my joy shall be remain, and no one can take my joy from you, not even the tyrant of your body. The declarations of this world cannot release our souls from the oppression of the devil. The Bible says, for then as much as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, Jesus also himself likewise took part of the same. Why, Paul? That through death he might destroy him that had the power of death. That is the devil. And to deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. That's Hebrews 2.14. That's another one that gets me. I know I sound like a broken record, but God took my mother. God took my sister. He came to destroy him that hath power of death. That is the devil. So they would rather say God took my brother or God took my sister. Or God took my mother than say the devil did. The devil took my mother. The devil took my sister. The devil took my brother with disease. They'd rather blame it on God. I'm not saying the devil took your brother or sister or mother to hell. What I am saying is that according to scripture, he took them with death because that's what he does. He has the power of death. And that's what Jesus came to do. He came to destroy the power of death that the devil has. Hmm. Some 2000 years ago at the last official Passover, the last official Passover. With his body and his blood, Christ Jesus declared our independence. On the cross, Jesus declared our independence from the power of death. On the cross, Jesus declared our independence from the bondage of sin. On the cross, Jesus declared our independence from the tyranny of evil. On the cross, Jesus declared our independence and restored the entitlement that he gave us that we lost. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever should believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's what he came to do. He came to give us life. He came to destroy the works of the devil and give us life, liberty, and happiness sprinkled with joy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because of the cross, we have liberty. We've been delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. Because of the cross, we are partakers of the inheritance of the children in light. Because of the cross, we are delivered from the power of darkness. We don't have to ask to be delivered. We are delivered. We have been delivered. We don't ask to be healed. We are healed. We're healed from the sickness of sin. 
We are healed. We are delivered. By the blood of the Lamb, we are healed and we are delivered. Because of the cross, we are translated now into the kingdom of the Son of God. Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus is our King. And you know what? Jesus is not a tyrannical King. He's a loving King. He's a merciful King. He's an honest King. He's a just King. He's a fair King. He's our faithful king and we are his faithful subjects. The declaration says we have a right to pursue happiness. But our king has freely given us joy. So we don't have to pursue it. Our king has freely given us joy. We don't have to pursue happiness. We don't have to chase after joy. He has freely given us all things to enjoy. Acts 13.52 says, the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Ghost. Well, we have the Holy Ghost, which means we are disciples. And if we are the disciples and we have the Holy Ghost, then we're filled with joy. Premise A, premise B, conclusion. We have been born of the water and of the spirit. We have now entered the kingdom of God. We have righteousness. We have peace. And most of all, we have joy in the Holy Ghost. We have life in the righteousness that comes from him. We have contentment in the peace that comes from him. We have happiness in the unspeakable joy that comes from him. These are guaranteed entitlements to every born again believer. But the declaration of independence of this country guarantees nothing. Especially if you're the wrong color. You know what it is? It's the dead ideas of dead men. It's the dead ideas of dead men. Ideas that are fleeting, temporary, and shall soon pass away. They're empty and they're void. The Declaration cannot guarantee the right to life. The Declaration cannot guarantee the right to liberty. And while these declarations might claim to guarantee the pursuit of happiness, it cannot guarantee happiness. So they'll say you can pursue it. You're guaranteed the right to pursue it, but it doesn't mean you're going to get it. Therefore, it's a meaningless declaration. Oh, but the gospel of Jesus Christ is a declaration that comes with eternal guarantees because the gospel is not according to the dead ideas of dead men. The gospel of Jesus Christ is according to the living word of the living God and our rights are guaranteed and our rights are eternal. According to the gospel of Jesus Christ, we are guaranteed the right to eternal life. According to the gospel of Jesus Christ, we are guaranteed the right to eternal liberty. According to the gospel of Jesus Christ, we are guaranteed the right to eternal joy. According to the gospel of Jesus Christ, our souls have the right to be eternally safe and secure from the tyranny of sin and from the oppression of the devil. And this right is guaranteed. We got a contract with God. 
We got a contract with God. It's called the covenant. It's called the covenant of the New Testament. It was ratified by the blood of Jesus and it is guaranteed. He will not go back on his covenant. If he says, I'm going to give you peace, you're going to guarantee to have some peace. If I guarantee you're going to have joy, then you're going to have some joy. If I say you're going to have life everlasting, you are guaranteed to have life everlasting. If I said I love you, then you're guaranteed to get my love. If I said I'll never leave you or forsake you, you are guaranteed that I will never leave you or forsake you. Hallelujah. I'm your God and I cannot lie. I'm not like man. I don't give stuff and then take it back. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, give glory to God. We don't need a worldly manifesto to declare our independence. Jesus said, I have given them thy word and the world hath hated them because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but thou shouldest keepeth them from evil. They are not of the world even as I am not of the world Jesus told Pilate my kingdom is not of this world so we are not of this world because our king is not of this world this world hates us elder this world hates us and this world hates our king They made fun of him. They whipped him. They spit on him. They nailed him to a cross. They said, if you're so bad, you got so much power, get yourself off that cross. Jesus says, you don't know who you're talking to. I could just barely blink an eyelash and wipe this entire earth off the, out of existence if I chose to. But I'm a merciful God. I'm a loving God. It is my desire that none should perish. You're nailing, nailing that, that nail into my wrist, into my hand. I gave you the life and the energy that's in you that made it possible for you to nail me in the hand. The very breath in your, that you're breathing while you're beating me is the breath that I gave you. And he hung his head and gave up the ghost to guarantee our right to life to guarantee our right to liberty, to guarantee our right to happiness and joy. Therefore, a worldly manifesto cannot declare our independence. However, through the declaration of the gospel, Christ has given us his word that in him our rights are guaranteed, our rights are eternal, our rights are irrevocable, and our rights are non-transferable. We don't have to sing, we shall overcome, we shall overcome, we shall overcome someday deep in my heart I do believe we shall overcome No, 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 you got it wrong. We have overcome by the blood of the Lamb. 
the word of God declares that we have already overcome. For whosoever is born of God overcometh the world. We are born of God, therefore we have overcome this world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world. Even our faith in the living God. Who is it that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. We believe that Jesus is the Son of God. We believe that Jesus is the name of the Father. We believe that Jesus is the name of the Son. We believe that Jesus is the name of the Holy Ghost. We have overcome by the blood of the Lamb. And we declare our independence. We are born of God. We've repented of our sins. We've been baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of our sins. We have received the indwelling of the Holy Ghost, evidenced by speaking in tongues. We believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Therefore, we have overcome this world. Hallelujah. And our faith does not stand in the wisdom of the world. Our faith stands in the word of God because the word of God is the power of God. It is the power of God by which we are guaranteed life. The word of God is the power by which we are guaranteed liberty. The word of God is the power of God by which we are guaranteed eternal joy. So we declare our independence. We declare by the, by, in the name of Jesus, we are independent. In the name of Jesus, we are free. In the name of Jesus, we are happy. We are happy. We are at peace. He says, my peace I give to you. And the peace I give you, the world can't take away. So the world can't take away the peace that he gives you. I got joy. I give you my joy. And the joy I give you, the world can't take away. That's in our declaration. That's in our declaration of independence. By our declaration of faith in the word of God, that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God. We can say that with absolute confidence. Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God. He's the one who gave his life that we might live. He's the one that put himself in temporary bondage that we might be free. He came to set the captives free. He came to heal the brokenhearted. He'll heal your broken heart if you let him. This world can break your heart. This world can take you through some things that will truly break your heart. But he says, I came to heal your broken heart. I came to love you. I came to care for you. I came to let you know that I will never leave you. I'll never leave you. I will never, ever leave you. I'll never forsake you. You can call on me anytime and I will answer. I will be with you in trouble because you know my name. Cast all your cares on me. Cast your cares on me. Because I care for you. I love you. You're my children. I died to save you. And one day, we're going to spend eternity together in fellowship as I planned. But until then, I want you to do something. You know my word. You understand my word. So declare your independence according to my word. Let's give the Lord some praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
Father, we thank you that you have made us free. And we are free indeed. Mm. The pain and the agony that you suffered for our freedom. And we thank you, Lord. We can't thank you enough. We can't praise you enough. We thank you for this word in Jesus' name. Anyone in need of prayer this morning?